there, and welcome back to the Music Therapy Podcast. My name is Alyssa, and today we have another very special guest, Kristen Vedito, who is a board-certified music therapist, as well as the CEO and founder of our music therapy practice, Giving Song LLC. We're going to be talking with her about some of the lessons that she's learned um, through starting and owning a music therapy private practice and how she balances all of it and stays creative. So if you're a private practice owner, you're considering growing your practice, or you're just starting out, we hope that this will give you some great tips and food for thought. So Kristen, welcome officially to the show, and thank you so much for taking the time to talk with all of us and share your knowledge. Tell us about yourself. Where are you from, and what's your clinical background? Yep. So um, I'm excited to be here, and I'm um, just honored to be able to to talk with all of you today um, about all the things that I've learned. Um, but yeah, my background is I'm a music therapist, a board-certified music therapist, as Alyssa said, and I am just simply that in everything <laughs> I do. So I'm a mama um, and of two little ones, and I'm also the music coordinator at our church, and um, music therapy is really what uh, blends my entire life together, to be honest. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about why you chose to pursue music therapy in the first place. Kind of how did you get started on this whole journey? Yeah, so as music therapists, this is like one of our most asked and honestly, I think our favorite question Um, because we get to tell our story. And so um, briefly, I initially had plans to pursue architecture and design, but after um, more thought and a drafting class and some other experiences in high school, I found that um, I was searching for really something else. And so coming from a really small school in rural Illinois, I just happened upon the career of music therapy really by, I guess, accident um, in a conversation with a college counselor who asked me, well, what do you want to do with your life? And I guess I simply replied, well, I want my hobby to be my job as all high schoolers who are, you know, going into their their new life outside of outside of home, I guess, um, mm-hmm. say, I want my hobby to be my job. Um, and when he asked, well, what are your hobbies? And I said, well, I, I like music and I like spending time with people. And he said, well, have you ever thought about music therapy? And of course I hadn't, and I had no idea what it was. So I went home, I looked at, uh, looked it up and That's where my heart has been ever since. I've never looked back. And to me, music therapy is not just a job. It is much, much more than that. Like I mentioned um, earlier, it's really my passion, and it is the lens to which I see the whole world and my whole life through. Yeah. Oh, that's so beautiful. I love hearing other MTs' stories and just the passion behind um, what you do. I think it's so awesome. So tell our listeners a little bit more about Giving Song and kind of the mission behind the practice. Yeah. So, um, well, just as music therapy is my heart, giving song is my heart. It was my very first baby. And, (laughs) um, and so since, uh, giving song is a small business and we serve central Missouri with creative arts and music therapy services. We currently have two employees and myself on staff, and then also have the honor of supervising interns on their journey to be music therapists. Um, we also collaborate with other independent contractors around Missouri as well. 
And I guess our mission, um, which is probably one of my favorite, I mean, is my favorite part about it other than the team, yeah. is is very simple. Um, it grew out of a collective passion for sharing music and art with our community. You know, knowing what we know about music and how it changes the brain, how it heals trauma, how it facilitates development, all of that, the very next and natural step is to share it. And so that yeah. is... That, that's what it came out of. Um, you know, I, I very strongly feel that um, that music is not something that we keep to ourselves, but an avenue mm-hmm. for us to build relationships with others. And um, I think that that is our calling as music therapists, and it's certainly what drives the decisions we make here at Giving Song. Yeah, absolutely. So how did you kind of um, decide to found giving song or, or what, how did you know it was the right time to grow your business? Kind of, how did that, how did that get started? Yeah. So giving song is actually a second step. So it all started back when my husband and I moved to Columbia right after we got married. I started grad school at Colorado State. And um, initially I served uh, six students at a school Uh, here in Columbia with music therapy. And honestly, it grew really slowly, but really consistently over the next Mm -hmm. five years. Um, I was in grad school for three of those. And then I worked as a sole proprietor for a while. Um, And and then I got to a point where I knew that the demand was much more than I could handle. Um, I was probably at about 175% capacity. And Mm -hmm. I... I didn't have the heart to tell people that I knew needed music therapy that I just simply didn't have this space in my schedule. And so instead of saying no, I said the only next logical step was to hire someone on. So I migrated Mm -hmm. the business to an LLC and hired my first contractor, which then grew into hiring employees in an effort to create more community support and then maintain that really high quality of therapy that, um, you know, I was taught very, um, I guess all music therapists, you know, it's just, it's not just, uh, we don't just play music. We, it's very high quality therapy that we provide and we're adamant about that. And so, um, building a team was really a big part, part of that was, was really for the quality. Yeah, absolutely. So obviously, you know, the the demand was there. And so Mm -hmm. you were creating the supply for the demand for music therapy. Um, But obviously, the idea of of kind of starting a business and growing a business can be very daunting for many people, especially, you know, if if you're a a newer music therapist. And so what did you find was the biggest challenge when trying to grow your practice? And how did you overcome that? Yeah, I mean, as all music therapists, we we are simply that music therapists. We are not business owners. We are not business mm-hmm. majors, and yeah. um, that's not something really you know that we're we're taught. Um, and because you know, so much of our education is is taught, or at least at that time. Again, I've been a music therapist for almost ten years, so. Yeah. Um, so things have changed a little bit in the curriculum, but I was not taught really anything about owning a business. So I yeah. admittedly have made a lot of mistakes along the way and mm-hmm. um, and have definitely had a lot of learning experiences that I am determined to learn from. Yeah. Um, but I would say the two biggest challenges was uh, first, knowing when to hire an employee. 
So when to grow your business, uh, you know, typically you hire on a therapist, um, or an employee, I guess when, when your other therapists and employees are about 125% capacity, that's sort of the number that I've seen going around lots of, um, for business owners, but that doesn't always equal a full-time position for a Mm -hmm. new therapist. So that has been the biggest challenge because the nature of music therapy in central Missouri is that there's just not a lot of us here. There's much more than there was. Um, but it's very difficult. Uh, it has been very difficult the last 10 years to hire a part-time therapist. So really when we have hired, we have hired a full-time therapist and, you know, so it's just been a balance of making sure we had enough clients, making sure we had enough reserve that we could, um, you know, allow for that growth for the new therapist, um, you know, and also pull down their other therapists if we're migrating clients over to the new therapist. It's just, it has been um, a constant balancing act in building a sustainable business and honestly one we're still navigating as a small team, so. Yeah. And then I would say the second biggest challenge is just knowing how to lead a team. Um, Mm -hmm. I did not know how to create team atmosphere, you know, to prioritize self-care, to run, I mean, simply run team meetings, keep everybody on a schedule. That's not something that I knew anything about. I had never had to do that. And so, you know, if you're a music therapist, you know that when all music therapists get into a room, we want to talk about all the things all the time for as long as we possibly can, because we simply love music therapy so much. And so yeah. really reining that in and Alyssa can also speak to that is it's just hard. It's hard for us to rein things in and to stay prioritized and to stay yeah. on task. And so, um, I guess learning how to really truly lead a team has been a challenge for me specifically. So that has, has come with a lot of reading and a lot of continuing ed opportunities on really how to learn my leadership style and then also really how to effectively lead um, a team. And that is, it, that is honestly a constant source of growth for me. Yeah, I think that's true for probably most anyone, anytime, you know, anytime you're on a team, it's, it's, it's a journey and a process mm-hmm. and there's never kind of a, that final destination, you know? And, and I think that's the beautiful thing about our field and what we do, especially we're always growing and it's always changing and it's never, never, you know, static. And, um, I think that that's a really exciting component, um, for me personally. And that's what I love about our team too. Yeah. You know, we're, we're all about growing and, and getting mm-hmm. better together. And I love that. Yep. Well, hang with us. We're going to cut to a commercial. And then when we come back, we're going to keep talking with Kristen about, um, you know, how, how and where she learned the things that she's learned and, and um, how to balance being a business owner and a music therapist and um, just life in general, because there are a lot of plates to juggle. So stick with us and we'll keep talking when we come back. Hey there, and welcome back. We are still chatting with Kristen about all things music therapy and business ownership. And I know for myself that I'm learning a lot from this conversation. And so um, let's just keep it going. Kristen, before the break, um, you were talking about how we are music therapists by trade and by passion, and we're not really educated to be business owners per se, but that is something that you've had to learn um, to be. And that's another hat that you have added to your list of hats Mm -hmm. that you wear. Um, 
So I just, I'm curious, where did you learn how to do that? Or what resources have you found to be helpful to you in your journey? Well, I would say the most important thing that I really linked up um, with other music therapy business owners. So there are Facebook pages, um, groups for music therapy business owners, and that has been incredibly helpful. Um, yeah. Early on, I, I, I think I just um, used a lot of templates that I received from other business owners who were kind of starting that up and through um, doing some mastermind classes um, early in my career, I, I did a lot of that with um, other music therapists all over the country and yeah. uh, learned a lot and kind of pick and you know pick, picked and chose what I what really worked for for me and um, and got a business plan and so that really was helpful to walk you through you know how how you want to build the business and and all of those things. Um, yeah. I think one of the, so, so definitely music therapy, I've gone to music therapy business owners because we are a unique breed, um, of balancing that creative entrepreneurs, mm -hmm. um, with, um, you know, being business owners. And so, um, that was where I initially went. So that music therapy business owners network is amazing. And there were yeah. all there, you know, there are, especially coming out, um, much more now, I believe. Um, but continuing ed opportunities, CMTEs at conferences yeah. and regional and um, national conferences. So I did go to those and those were incredibly helpful. Um, I believe uh, Meredith Pezzi, I believe is how you pronounce her name. She um, is on the East Coast and she, I believe, um, is, is a CMTE that I took early on about learning how to be um, a music therapy business owner that was just incredible. So if you, and I know she has retreats and it's, I'm just dying after my, after I am no longer nursing babies and no longer serving my family <laughs> all the time um, at home, I would love to go to one of those retreats. So that is definitely something to look through on the music therapy side. Um, okay. But as creative entrepreneurs, which really brings in a different um, and unique um, side. I love the podcast and blog and club being boss with Kathleen Shannon and Emily Thompson. Um, mm -hmm. if I, that's part of my self care is to just sit down and listen to podcasts and they have an incredible amount of resources. They also have a book. Um, and so I have the being boss book as well. And so that has been incredibly helpful. Um, mm -hmm. just on the really business aspect of it. I have a couple books that I have gone through um, the for leadership specifically, the 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. And this is by John C. Maxwell. And that was recommended by my brother-in-law. And I really love that and have been walking through that as well as um, Start With Why by Simon Sinek. Mm -hmm. And that is... Um, a very popular book, a New York Times bestseller author um, for that. And that was Start With Why. So I love that one. And then um, one that has been really helpful, um, a whole series of, of really um, power sheets and books, um, just getting to identify that balance, which I know we're about to talk about, the balance really between business owning and being a creative and being a music therapist. Something that has been really helpful for me has been 
um, Cultivate. Cultivate Your Life with Laura Casey. They have a podcast. They're most known for their um, power sheets, which are a goal planning set. And I have other mm-hmm. professionals that um, I know that really recommended that for me. And I've done it the last few years and it has really been life-changing on just really finding out why and what matters most and really focusing the decisions that we make both on um, in my personal life and then also my professional life as well. Um, you know, you were in, in our first um, meeting, one of our first meetings in January, we we made goals for the year at Giving Song. Yeah. And I took a lot of the questions um, that I designed in, in that um, retreat that we did from this yeah. book and from these power sheets. I took a lot and, and kind of focused it to to our group atmosphere. So those are all Which- a ton of resources that have been helpful. Yeah, that's incredible. And I can say, at least for our retreat, I thought it was really effective and it was really um, kind of got our creative juices flowing and and I thought it was really fun and, and um, you know, yeah, it was really productive. So that's awesome. Yeah. So you, you kind of already segued us into um, my next, you know, little set of questions here about balance yeah. because, you know, like I said before, you're wearing so many different hats. So just, you know, as a general question, how do you balance being a business owner and a music therapist and a creative and a mom and in your personal life and professional life? How, you know, what, what are the fundamentals of balance for you and how do you do that? Yes. I think that it is, it is absolutely that it is a balance. It is never something I'm going to attain. And I think Mm. once I finally, got to a place where I recognized that I'm really never going to attain balance. Balance is not something you attain. Yeah. It's something that you practice. You practice and you practice a lot. Um, That's a great point. And I, I think that I drew on, because I am a music therapist, heart and soul music therapist. And so when yeah. I think about what makes us music therapists, we go in and we have this beautifully designed um, intervention or our, our session plans to facilitate exactly what we want to see. And then we get in there and we realize that the most important thing that we learn as music therapists is to take what we know and to be flexible and to be able to yeah. facilitate on the spot with, um, you know, our evidence-based practice, our client attributes, our, our clinical skills, and then the research. Um, and so I just apply that to my life as well. Um, you know, flex, mm. being flexible sometimes, you know, it, we do, we have, I have a very unique situation for that. My husband also works at home now. And honestly, we grew our business, um, in a time when my husband was in grad school and he's in doing his master's and his PhD. And so, um, he was very busy and I also had two mm-hmm. children in that time and, um, was building a team. And so it all just kind of came to a head and, I have certainly had times when I have felt very close to burnout or have been in a very yeah. a, a big level of burnout, both before I had a team, when I was just a music therapist myself, mm-hmm. um, you know, definitely traveled through my, my journey of burnout and have learned from that. And then also watched my team travel that too. And yeah. um, so I would say, you know, things that work for me are just little things. Um, being mm-hmm. intentional about grabbing a cup of tea and even just 10 moments of, of, um, 
quiet. And I do lots of journaling. I go through um, a lot of different studies. Like I said, I love to read and and learn. And so that is a big Mm -hmm. part of it. I know that when I am feeling like I'm less creative as a music therapist, one of the things my go-to is to learn, is to go grab CMT. Um, You know, music therapy ed is amazing. Um, I also just went, traveled this last fall all the way through sound birthing music therapy. And so I did prenatal and postnatal and creative arts. And so um, that is a big passion for me. And so I, I love learning and, and it's a wonderful thing that as music therapists, that's a requirement for us. And so it's, it forces us to, to do that education. Um, I also find that, you know, those lovely journal of music therapy and music therapy perspectives that show up on my doorstep for being an AMTA member. Um, I love because they sit on my desk and they force me to, to look at them, even if I just, you know, skim them. And I, I get lots of, um, passion back when I get into the music therapy literature. So, um, lots of different things. I think, um, I, I love exercising and walking with my kids. We go on walks every day. Um, that's just such an important part of of just life right now, um, especially yeah. now that the sun is out and it's so beautiful. Um, it is. <laughs> but practicing a lot of mindfulness. I think I learned a lot of that when I was preparing for delivery of both of my children. And so that has yeah. been something that I have really pra- continued to practice is just being mindful in the moments that I have, um, because, because life could go really, really fast right now along and it does, and it does travel and I'm not perfect about doing my mindfulness, but, um, in the moments that I do really focusing on having boundaries of when am I with my family? When am I with my work? When am I with my team? And it even is even more now challenging because we're in the middle of this, um, pandemic, but, Um, but really trying to set boundaries. I think that's been a really helpful thing for me as I've traveled, traveled, you know, the balance of, of living and being a music therapist and being a business owner. Yeah. And have you found any, um, you know, any, any tricks for maintaining that balance being at home? Because, you know, um, you mentioned that you grew your business kind of out of your Mm -hmm. home and, um, that's really awesome that you were able to do that. But I think it's maybe even more challenging for those of us who are not used to working as ho- at home or um, maybe are not used to not being allowed to leave our home. Mm-hmm. So how do you, have you found any tricks for kind of keeping those spaces separate between family time and mindfulness time and work time? Yes. Um, so I'm a big component of space. I think that, mm-hmm. you know, I have my space where I do my work. I don't do my work on my kitchen table because my kids, you know, Mm -hmm. if I can help it, (laughs) there are sometimes I have to listen to a, a a seminar or something while I'm watching my kids because my husband's working. And so, but whenever possible, um, creating spaces. Um, so I have my chair that I do my self care in. I do my cup of tea. Um, you know, if I want to watch an episode of the British baking show or, or something like that, I have my space for that. Um, I don't do it on my computer. Um, a lot of, uh, another thing I guess is cre- being creative is 
is cooking. And so obviously you have a space for that when I'm in the kitchen, I know that that's my space. Um, and so I think just creating, um, I think visual schedules are really big. So especially because I have small children, we have a visual schedule. So they know when mom's working, when dad's working, who's on call, Mm -hmm. basically who's, who's, if they need something, who, who to get it, who to go to. Um, and so, I, that's my biggest recommendation is, is getting a visual schedule and then creating a space, a specific space for each of those, um, things and a ritual around them. So whether that's getting a cup of coffee before you go and do your work, or it's getting a cup of tea for your journaling, um, or it's lighting a candle. Um, I'm, I've recently gotten into, um, or been, I guess after years and years of being very skeptical about essential oils. I'm now, um, experimenting with those more and and learning more. And so those are, have been also really helpful at creating uh, rituals. So, um, but those would be the two things, visual schedule so you can actually see it and your family can see it and then creating the actual space and the ritual around that space. Yeah, I think that's really awesome and and very helpful. And creating those spaces is something that I know I've been trying to be really intentional about, you know, not not working in my bed and, you know, Mm -hmm. setting up kind of my office space at home and trying to stick to that as best I can. um, That's helped me a lot. It's hard. And, you know, yeah. And you you mentioned that your self-care practice kind of comes in in little bits. And and you actually answered my question of how do you do that when you're so busy? And so I think that's just worth um, reminding everyone about is just taking it in pieces and working that ritual. You know, you use that word and I love that that ritual into your everyday to really make it a practice. Um, And so, you know, kind of going off of that. you know, we've, we've talked some about the balance between, you know, everything and, and then kind of working that into being a creative in, in your life and in your passions. And so, you know, tell me about how you stay inspired as a musician and a creative as well as a businesswoman. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. I am uh, inspired by the things that I don't know. So, or the things that Mm. I have done wrong. So the things that I have, have learned over this process. So, um, again, learning is a really big, big part of that for me, but I think also getting really in touch with the, why did I become a music therapist? Just simply asking. And that doesn't, you know, I think it's important for us. I have it on a sticky note, um, at my desk so that when I sit down and I, am I going to do emails or I'm doing, a project or, or I'm answering, you know, leading a team supervision or, um, whatever the case is, whatever the job is for that day. I, I look at what is the reason, what is my, why, what is my, why, why do I do this? And my why is because music, I mean, that, that is at the heart of it. Mm -hmm. And so there have been times in my life that I, especially when I have had a newborn and there is absolutely no time in the day for me to, you know, go and practice my piano. Um, but I think having music as, um, but you, your body can always make music. So singing. (laughs) And so, um, especially as a mom, I mean, my children are going, they just, we sing all the time. We sing transitions, we sing, uh, you know, our routines where everything, I mean, cause like I said, my, yeah. my everything is, I, I see the music therapy as, as the lens as being a mom. And so, um, so I think just 
always asking yourself and, and putting things in your life, if that's a sticky note or if it's a reminder on your phone or if it's your back, you know, the, the screen on your phone that re- asks you why. Why are you doing what you're doing every day? And as music therapists, it means different things for us, but music is at the heart of what we do. And if we lose sight of yeah. that, then we lose sight of our mission and we lose sight of why we are, why we are, we're doing our work every day. So um, I think learning new songs, um, one of the things that I have loved doing, my husband and I love to sing together and, you know, just do very home recordings with our snowball mic and our garage band at home. Um, and so, you know, doing heart projects like that, um, I do a lot of music with my church as the coordinator, although I am stepping back from that position as of August. Um, but that has been a really big, um, over the course is just really doing music and, and, um, and offering it that way, whether that is, you know, just with my kids or with my church. Um, I think again, that ritual of putting things in your life where, you know, you're doing your passion and you're, um, and you're being intentional about, about making time for it. Um, even in just the little bits of time that you have, I think is a big part of it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that that's, you know, being intentional about those Mm -hmm. reminders to yourself is probably the number one or one of the, the most important ways to prevent feeling burnt out and, you know, it, you have to remind yourself or else you'll forget. And, you know, I think, I think that's something that everyone should incorporate into their, their, um, professional and personal life. Well, and I think Um, it's important to know that, you know, it takes 21 days to create a habit. So if you're doing, you know, self-care, I know that we just traveled an abundance challenge, a 21 days abundance challenge. I did and it was incredibly mm-hmm. motivating because, you know, you yeah. had to take time and you had accountability of a group. And so whether that is, you know, when we're talking about the creative aspect of it, whether it's art or whether it's music that is is your creative, you know, aspect yeah. um, or tool, you know, set a challenge of where you're sharing that if it's on social media to keep you accountable or you have a group or you have an, you know, our team. Um, but keep yourself accountable, keep yourself accountable and and agree that you're going to do it for 21 days or a month and then just stick to, you know, either learning a song every day, um, or learning, you know, two songs a week or, you know, have something that, um, kind of as a challenge for you to help you, but that's also very attainable, um, but I think, yeah. you know, as music therapists, always learning new music is always a really big aspect to keeping ourselves creative. Yeah, absolutely. And that is actually a perfect segue <laughs> into our final segment, which is the repertoire challenge. So we're going to uh, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I'm going to challenge you to learn a new song or to practice this song if you already know. it. So hang with us. Alrighty, and welcome back. It is now time for our repertoire challenge. So this week, as your challenge to help stay creative and stay inspired, I am challenging you to learn, memorize, or practice the song Help by the Beatles. This is a classic, and there are so many different things that you can do with this, but this could be a great song for lyric discussion and analysis 
vocalization, and it is just a great repertoire choice for your 60s rep. So I would encourage you, if you don't know this song, to learn this song. And if you already know it, maybe just jam along to it today and find ways to get creative with different instruments or arrangements. You could put it in a minor key. I don't know. Get creative with it and use it to help you stay inspired this week. Thank you again, Kristen, for joining us today. Um, I know that you have a busy schedule, but I personally have learned so much from what you have said, and I hope that our listeners have felt inspired and empowered and um, by everything that we've talked about today. And um, I just want to throw this out there too. Guys, this is not the last that you will be hearing from Holly from our last week's episode or Kristen from this week. Um, this podcast is blossoming to more people and more topics and more guests in the future. So we're just very excited to be on this learning journey together Um, But Kristen, do you have any final thoughts or advice that you'd like to leave with our listeners as we head out for the day? Um, I think I I love what we have. um, You know, we just finished up our our music at home program, our series one that we've uh, talking about. We've learned so much from, um, but we always end it. Get creative, get messy, have fun. And so I think that that is such a good a good reminder for us as music therapists to get out, to get creative, to get messy with, you know, our, our art and our music and, um, and to most importantly, have fun with the things that what we're doing, get fun with our self-care, get fun with, have fun with our music. Um, and I think this repertoire challenge is a great way to do it. Absolutely. I love that. I don't have anything to add. I think that's a perfect way to close out today. So listeners, as always, we love to hear from you. So feel free to send in questions for Kristen or um, let us know that you're loving what we're putting out there for you guys. You can email us at intern at givingsong.org. You can direct message us on Instagram and make sure to follow our Instagram and Facebook. Um, And always please leave a review and share this podcast with your friends. We really want this to be a great community of education and creativity um, and just learning and growing and getting messy um, in our creative aspects together. And remember, when in doubt, make music.